as always, I'm thankful to be here, uh, being able to preach. It's always an honor and a privilege. Um, and I would say that Brother Jeremiah did the prayer bulletin a lot better than I did, so he may be interested in changing jobs with me. I'm just kidding about that. Anybody notice the baby started crying as soon as it was announced that I was preaching? If any of the adults start crying, I'll just leave. So if you would, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 21. Proverbs chapter 21, and we're going to look at verses 9 and 19. And I'm just kidding about that, too. As you read that, you'll see why. I don't know of any man who would preach about brawling and contentious women. I'm actually going to work on a devotion. I just haven't had the courage to share that with my wife yet. But we will be in Proverbs chapter 21 tonight. What I want to talk about tonight is the heart. The heart is the organ of the body that sends blood to the rest of the body. And during the average lifespan of a human, the heart will beat roughly three billion times. It weighs anywhere between seven to 15 ounces, and it is slightly larger than our fist. Uh, I think it's sufficient to say that without our heart, we couldn't live. And on average, I believe, if the numbers are correct, on average, 696,000 people die each year from heart disease of some sort. That fleshes out to be about 21% of the United States population each year that dies from heart issues. And I find that figure to be staggering. It's the number one cause of death in the United States. Uh, it, it outranks cancer and car wrecks and things like that. But what's even more staggering to me than that is, I, I personally believe, and I believe the message will flesh this out, I personally believe that heart issues uh, account for 100% of the Christians' issues in their lives. And I also believe that ignoring heart problems will not make them go away, both in our personal lives as well as our physical and spiritual lives. Ignoring your heart problems will not make them go away. I believe tonight that the church has a heart problem. I believe everyone in here, myself included, has a heart problem. We try everything under the sun to fix the problems in our lives and our situation. We can't drink our problems away, we can't think our problems away, and we can't slink away from our problems. Only Jesus Christ can change our position and our condition. And the reason is, and this one thing that I know for sure, is that only Jesus Christ can change our hearts. So, if you're in Proverbs chapter 21, we're going to start with verse 1, and we're going to read down to verse number 6, and then we'll pray and carry on with the message. Proverbs 21, verse 1 says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. This is where a majority of the message will come from tonight. Verse number 3 says, To do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. And high look and a proud heart and the plowing of the wicked is sin. The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness, but of everyone that is hasty only to want. Verse 6 concludes this thought. The getting of treasure by a lying tongue is a vanity tossed to and fro of them that seek death. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time now. We pray your blessings upon it, and we pray that you will have your will and your way through the message, Father. 
We also pray, God, tonight that you will empty us of self so that we can be filled properly. And Father, what a, what a wonderful prayer request tonight as it fits right along with the message. Thank you for loving us and thank you for what you're going to do. For it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. So you'll notice in the six verses in Proverbs chapter 21 that I just read, there's a lot of anatomy that's mentioned. You'll notice that in verses 1, 2, and 4, obviously the heart is mentioned. In verse 5, you'll notice that thoughts are mentioned. Of course, thoughts originate in our brain, and, or at least they're manifested in our brain. And then in verse 6, you'll notice that the tongue is mentioned. And of course, the tongue is where we form our words and how we form our words. So it's important to understand the context of this tonight as we jump in. It's also important to understand tonight that the heart is the source of everything that we are. It is the source of uh, all of our thoughts. It's the source of what we see. It's the source of the words that we use. And the, the reason I know this is because Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, which we'll look at in more detail in just a minute. So, in other words, before we ever saw it, said it, did it, or heard it, it originated in our heart. The problems that we encounter or will encounter originate in our heart. But if we're going to have a heart that's changed, we must understand that only Jesus Christ can do it. And how can he do it, you may ask? Well, the first step to a changed heart is we have to let him search our hearts. That is the very first thing that we have to do if we seek to have a changed heart. And by the way, I hope everyone here tonight seeks to have their heart changed. If you don't, then you may want to reevaluate your walk. I know I'm among you guys. I definitely want my heart to be changed. But we have to let him search our heart. If you'll notice in verse number two, I'll read it for you. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. The word pondereth here means to measure out or to weigh. Another way of looking at this word is we have to let the Lord search our hearts. He's looking, he's seeking in our hearts right now. We also have to understand that our heart is supposed to be a place of refuge. Psalm 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. So I hope as we develop the message that you understand that. Um, it's very unfortunate, though, because oftentimes we don't, let, we don't let the Lord search our heart. And we don't hide his word in our heart. And there's a reason why, and it's because it's full of sin. And as we go throughout this message, hopefully the Bible will flesh that out for us. I have a saying. We don't, we don't, hide, we don't do a very good job of hiding the, the Word of God in our hearts. But I have a saying um, that's one of my favorite things to say, and it's that you can't hide money. I don't know if you've ever seen someone driving a Rolls Royce or living in a, a $2 million house or whatever, but it's often been said that you can't hide money because eventually if you have it, it's going to show itself. And if, uh, if you're wealthy, eventually most people, it comes out in some way or another. And I believe that our sin is the exact same way. And I believe that our sin, which comes out of our heart, eventually shows itself. And speaking of that, I don't know, some of you guys may have heard this story recently, but there was a pastor in New York City. I think it was New York City. I know it was New York. And he was delivering a sermon. And in the middle of his sermon, he had someone show up to the church and rob him of over a million dollars of jewelry. Now, 
I have no idea what he was preaching on that day, but I know if you have a million dollars of jewelry, I, I want to I be a part of that ministry. I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't want to be a part of that ministry. Um, I could say a lot about that pastor. I don't know him. I actually looked up his name. I looked at the church, and surprisingly, the doctrine was a little off, but not as off as I thought it would be. I genuinely believe that that pastor is probably after filthy lucre. And I have to wonder, since money can't be hidden and neither can sin, I have to wonder where that pastor's heart really is. If you go and look at his rap sheet, you'll see that it's probably full of things that show that his heart's not where it should be. But eventually, what happens is your heart tells on you. And Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, Jesus says just that. He said, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So as we look into this, I want you to think about it this way. And I'm going to use an illustration. I brought this busted water bottle with me. It was in my truck, so it got hot. And, um, we love to try to hide our sin. We try to hide it from God, and we try to justify everything that we do. And this, this bottle right here is representative of our sin and our heart. Oftentimes what we do with our sin, which is in our heart, all of our issues are, what we do with our, our sin is we try to hide it from God. We try to keep him from being able to see it. We're listening to things, and God comes along and says, what are you listening to? Nothing. We, we drink things, we put things in our mouth, and a very sneaky way to get water while preaching. We, we drink things, and we try, to, we try to hide it from God, but God knows about it, right? I mean, he already saw it in, in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. He, he, he saw what they were doing. He knew the questions before he even asked. But according to verse number two, oftentimes we like to follow our own paths, and it's because our heart is continually wicked, and we'll see more of that in a minute. We listen to things, we watch things, we put things in our body, and we hide it from God. And what are you doing down there? Nothing, not a thing, not doing anything wrong, Lord. So what we have to understand is he, he is looking, to, looking for our hearts. He's looking in our hearts, and we do everything that we can to hide it. I can put all the sin that's in my heart, and I can stack my heart with the pulpit, the piano, with the chairs, I can have the ceiling collapse on it, and none of that is going to hide what's really in my heart. God sees it. Not only does he see it, eventually those of you who are around me will see it too. So his desire tonight is to ponder our hearts. We can't hide it. I want to read Psalms 139, verses 23 through 24. David has a lot of wisdom, and honestly, the message probably could have come out of here, but Verse 23 of Psalm 139 starts with David saying, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my faults. Verse 24 says, And see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. See, David knew in order to have his heart changed, he had to let God search it first. His desire tonight is to ponder our hearts. He wants to see what's in there, and oftentimes we don't let him, or we just let him have a little bit of our heart, right? We'll show just a little bit of what's in there, but he knows what's in there. We can't hide it from him. I'll never forget, I was working offshore December of 2013, and I was struggling. Some of you, most of you know the story. I was struggling mightily with, with several addictions, really. And finally, I'd had enough. December 2013, I was, I was inconsolable for about 
200 times I tried to quit on my own volition. And each time I would be emotional, I'd fall down to my knees. God, please take this from me. Please take this from me. And I did everything under the sun. I bargained with God. I pleaded with God. And I was lying there on my bunk, about ready to come home from offshore uh, for my two weeks off. And I'd finally, finally had enough. I had finally got to the point in my life where I let God search my heart. And listen, whenever he searched my heart, it wasn't just a drug addiction that went away, okay? I was looking at things that I wasn't supposed to look at. I was saying things. I was using filthy language. I mean, you got to understand, I was prior military and I worked offshore. That's very conducive to some foul language. So over the course of two or three months, because I let God search my heart, eventually I got victory over the addiction, the things that I was watching, the things that I was saying. And I don't have the time to explain the, the whole talking situation, but I use filthy language, and I, I finally got called out on it one day. But the Holy Spirit began to really, really search my heart. And like dominoes, one after the other began to fall. The first step to getting victory in your life and to changing your heart is to let the Lord search it. Not only does the Lord need to search our heart, there's another step. There are actually four, for those of you who are trying to count. Uh, I feel like I need to one-up the pastor. He does three most of the time, so we're going to go four. Might go five. I'm going to stretch it out. So the next step, not only do you need the Lord to search your heart, you need the Lord to empty your heart or empty our hearts. More specifically, emptying our hearts of any iniquity or sin. Now, you may ask, well, how do we do that? Well, if we're going to do that, we need to know what's in our heart first. So not only do we need the Lord to search our heart, we need the Lord to empty our heart. And in order for that to happen, we have to know what's in it. And I'm, I mentioned earlier Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. The, the Bible says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So I don't know of a more clear Bible verse that shows any issue that you're going to encounter originates in your heart. That's why this is so important. This is why we need to get this tonight, and I need to get this tonight. That word, that word keep is roughly translated to guard. So guard your heart. Why? Because every issue that you're going to have is going to come from your heart. Not only is there every issue, now I can, I can narrow it down and we'll begin to narrow it down a little bit. Not only is every issue that you're going to encounter, we can get more narrow. We can say sin, okay? And I could have found probably 150,000 Bible verses. That's hyperbole for those of you who are keeping track. I could have found several Bible verses that pertain to sin, but I just chose one, a very familiar passage of Scripture, David, in his affair with Bathsheba in Psalm 51.10 says, create in me a, a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. It's interesting to note right here that David recognizes his heart was unclean. And he asked for forgiveness. You see, we call that repentance. And that's very important as well. So not only are we going to have every issue in our, of our lives from our heart, we're going to have sin. We're also going to have deceit. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, another very familiar passage of Scripture says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Very good question. So not only is there deceit, but there's doubt. Mark 11, chapter, uh, Mark 11, chapter, uh, chapter 11, verse 23 says, For verily I say unto you, 
that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. A lot of times we struggle in our personal lives because we have doubt. We don't believe that the Lord's actually going to do what he says he's going to do. And that doubt originates in our hearts. And I'm not, I'm not talking about prosperity here. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But the list could go on and on. We could find several more things in the heart. But we can say definitively through the Bible that every issue that you're going to have is going to originate in your heart. So if we want our hearts changed, we must allow him to empty it of the issues of life, issues of sin, deceit, doubt. And I have this water bottle still here because I was going to use it for an illustration as well, continually. I have this water bottle, and I, I, I want the Lord to search my heart. And not only do I want the Lord to search my heart, but I want the Lord to empty my heart. You see, I'm going to empty everything out that I have in my heart I think a lot of times Christians stop right there. We don't empty everything. We don't ask him to empty everything. And as a result, we don't have the victory that we need or desire or want because we're not really willing to empty it all out. So I'm just going gonna, gonna to empty it all out right here. So once the heart is emptied of sin, which is what we just did, something strange happens. Now, I'm no cardiologist, so just bear with me. Something strange happens in our lives uh, whenever we ask the Lord to search it and we ask the Lord to empty it. Something strange happens, uh, spiritually speaking. Whenever our heart is emptied, blood is able to enter into our hearts. And if I'm not mistaken from a cardiovascular perspective, once the heart is emptied of blood, automatically blood enters in. That's how the circulatory system works. And I'm, like I said, I'm not a cardiologist, so if I'm wrong, any of you cardiologists can get with me after the message and correct me. So once the heart is emptied of sin, it gets filled with blood. And once the heart is emptied, it gets filled with blood. So that is the next step. Not only do you need to have the Lord search your heart, you need to have the Lord empty your heart, and you need to have the Lord fill your heart. That's the third step. If you'll notice, whenever I emptied this out, you couldn't see it. But whenever I emptied this out, air went back into here. So this is symbolic of the blood. And let's call it what it is. If you're saved tonight, it's the blood of Jesus Christ. If you're not saved tonight, it's still the blood. And it can still save you tonight. So by letting him fill our hearts. But listen, not just any blood is going to work. All right. I, I did some research on this. And... People with type A blood will react against type B or type AB blood. People with type B blood will react against type A or type AB blood. People with type O blood will react against type A, type B, or type AB blood. If you're taking notes, there'll be a test afterwards. People with type AB blood will not react against type A, type B, type AB, or type O blood. Type O is universal, and type uh, a O positive is sort of universal. It's close to universal. I'm A positive. I think both of our children are A positive, and my wife is O positive. So, but type O is considered universal. 
So what I'm getting at is tonight, not any blood will work. Not any remedy will work. And once your heart is emptied of sin, then it can be filled properly. But if you're putting the wrong things back into your heart that's not from God, you're never going to succeed in your Christian walk, ever. So you can empty your heart all day long. But if you fill it with things that are inappropriate, there'll be no change, zero change. And it's got to be completely empty, by the way. So... What we have to understand is only a certain type of blood will work, and that's the blood of Jesus Christ. Because after all, only Jesus Christ can change our hearts. So we need his blood in our hearts in order to empty it of any iniquity, and only his blood will empty our hearts of sin. As most of you know, uh, I came back from Iraq in 2005, and you know the story, most of you. I was strung out. Uh, it didn't take long. It didn't take long at all because I was suffering physically, uh, did and saw a lot of things that are, are really bad that I think about on a regular basis. And what happened in my personal life is, I, you know, it, I it took me forever to learn what I'm, what I'm telling you guys tonight. And this was a burden of mine. Uh, as I prayed about this message, one of the things, I had, a, had another thing that I knew, but I was like, well, I can only do one. And this one thing I know is what I'm telling you tonight because I've experienced it with, in my own walk. I had to come to a place in my life where I let the Lord search my heart. I had to come to a place in my life where I let the Lord empty my heart. And then I had to come to a place where I let the Lord fill my heart. And that was the reason why I struggled so mightily coming back from Iraq. It's no exaggeration to say that I was drinking 18 to 24 beers a night when I first came back from Iraq. And I don't say that to glorify it at all. But you see, I was putting things in my body and in my heart, really, that I thought was going to fix my problems. It was going to make me happy. And, you know, it did for a little while. It was only temporary. I was not filling myself properly. And man, I, I wish, I say this all the time in RU, but I wish that I could put what I know in my mind and other people's minds who are struggling with the same thing because I know they can have victory like that. And it's difficult to convey it with words because it is a heart issue to get people to understand that you have to be filled properly and if you're not filled properly, you cannot expect victory in your life. You can't expect the Lord to bless every step of your way. Now, I've stumbled along the way. I can't tell you how many times I've been in traffic and a bad word will pop into my head. I don't say it, but I want to. That's a heart issue, guys. It's, it, it, I'm, not, I'm not saying that to be lighthearted. But I, I can't sit here and say that my mind hasn't wondered from time to time. Remember, when your mind wanders, it's because your heart's not filled properly. Anything that you do that, that makes you stray from the Lord is because you haven't been filled properly. So I had to come, where, come to where Solomon was in verse number one. I'll read it to you. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Man, I want that so desperately. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. I had to come to a place in my life to get victory in my life where my hand or my heart was in the Lord's hands. And he was turning it whithersoever he will. And I wasn't letting him 
You see, I use this analogy as well and argue a lot, but I was playing tug-of-war with the Lord. He had one end of the rope, I had the other end, and if you ever go against the Lord, you're not, you're not going to win. And I had to come to that point where Solomon was in verse number one. You see, I didn't let him empty me and fill me appropriately. It's unfortunate that I went through what I went through, but now I can def- definitely say this one thing that I know, and that's Jesus can change our hearts. I mean, I, I tried it all. I really did. I, I tried to outthink it. I tried to outdrink it. I, I did all of these things that, that were not healthy and in the end could have cost me not only my physical health, but my spiritual health as well. So not only does your heart get filled with blood, with the blood of Jesus Christ comes something great. Obviously, salvation is the first and foremost thing. Salvation, and if you're not saved tonight, Jesus can do that as well. So what comes along with the blood? So if, if you're emptying your heart of something, then you have to fill it with something. It's blood, but with the blood, there's a bonus that comes along with this. Not only do you get it filled with blood, but you get it filled with truth and mercy. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 3 and 4 says, Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. You see... The Lord, whenever he fills your heart properly, you get truth and mercy. And I think we need a lot of that as well. Not only does the Lord fill your heart with truth and mercy when he fills it with blood, you get trusting of the Lord. And a lot of us, and myself included, I don't trust the Lord like I should. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, a very familiar passage of Scripture. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Love. Love is in your heart. If you're saved and if you're filled properly, love is in your heart. Uh, Matthew chapter 27, verses, uh, uh, 22, verses 37 through 39. Matter of fact, the first time I ever preached, that was what I preached out of. If you're, if you're filled properly with the blood of Jesus Christ, you're going to have love in your heart as well. Desires. Now, that's a tricky one, but hear me out. You can only have the desires of your heart if you've delighted yourself in the Lord first. Psalm 37, verse 4, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. That's a great promise. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. You see, I don't want sin in my heart. I don't want deceit in there. By the way, there should be no room in your heart if it's filled with the blood of Jesus Christ for any of that. But what I do want is trust and love, and mercy, and truth. So you get rid of the bad things, let the Lord fill your heart with good things, and you're on your way to having your heart changed by the Lord Jesus Christ. So I, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't think about it this way, but the Lord um, changed my heart from the inside out, I guess. Eventually, my heart began to change And I realized the error of my ways. I'm so thankful for that. But I think my heart changed from the inside out. So not only tonight do you need the Lord to search your heart. You need the Lord to empty your heart. And you need the Lord to fill your heart. There's one more step. There are actually three points. But this, this last point really, really hit home with me. And that point, the last step, is we have to let him direct our heart. You have to let the Lord direct your heart's path. If you'll look at verse number two again, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. See, he's pondering our hearts. 
while we're trying to direct our own paths. That's, that's a recipe for disaster, by the way. And eventually, our eyes are going to tell us that we're doing okay. Our eyes are going to lie to us because the issues of our life come from our heart. Our eyes are deceived because we're looking at our own path and we're not letting God direct our hearts. So our eyes tell us that we're doing okay, but when he has searched us, emptied us, and filled our hearts, our eyes will look to him for direction and not on our own path. You see, I have this, this water bottle again that is symbolic of our heart. And we have to be, be willing to come to the place where we let the Lord search our heart. Then after he searched our heart, we're going to ask him, I hope, to empty our hearts completely, completely, without holding anything back. You've got to be willing to put everything on the altar. Then, once he searched it and emptied it, he's going to fill it properly, okay, properly. And then the last step is he's going to direct our path. He's going to direct our heart. You see, if we are left to our own devices, our heart, which is full of things it shouldn't be because we haven't followed the steps properly, if we're left to our own devices, we're just going to wander aimlessly, having no clue where we're going. And we're just going to fall off a cliff or we're going to fall into issues or fall into trouble or something like that. Whatever, whatever the case may be, you're going to falter. But if the Lord is directing your heart, he's directing your path and you're going to be on the straight and narrow. And I want to come to the place in my life where that is what I do by the hour. So I I wouldn't let the Lord do that. And, And I fell off the cliff more times than I care to count. And... What we see here is, uh, we see in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, we see the Bible say, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. Now, we say that all the time, I'm sure. Some of us have it memorized, and I want to make sure that I don't stumble over it. But why does it say that? Why does it say, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths? Because it's true. It's true. It's a promise of God. So tonight, as we close, what I, what I want you guys to think about, what I want to dwell on and meditate as well is, does the Lord have the ability to search our heart? The answer is yes. The Lord will search your heart. You've got to let him know. You can't hide what is in there. He knows. He just wants you to confess it. He wants, to, wants you to say it out loud, Lord, I got a problem. My heart's corrupt. My heart's not right. So he wants you to search. He wants to search your heart tonight. And not only does he want to search your heart, he wants to empty it of everything that's in there, all the issues of life. Then once it's emptied, only then can it be filled properly. And by properly, I mean with his blood. And along with his blood comes lots and lots of blessings. Uh, I've never seen in the Bible where God blesses us and it turns out negatively. Think about that. The Lord never blesses us and it turns out in a bad way. Never once. I haven't had it happen to me. The only time that I am not blessed is whenever I'm not letting him search. I'm not letting him empty. I'm not letting him fill my heart, and I'm not letting him direct it. Whenever I falter, it's because of myself. My eyes are on my path because every way of man is right in his own, in his, in his own eyes. So if you're like me tonight, and I, I suspect that 100% of us are, we need our hearts changed tonight. And only Jesus Christ can do that. 
So with every head bowed and every eyes closed,